Welcome to Therapy Unchained, a podcast dedicated to empowerment, motivation, and to provide relevant content for individuals, couples, parents, and pre- and post-adoption families. I'm your host, Tammy Austin, a licensed mental health counselor in Central Florida. To find more information and to get resources, visit my website, therapyunchained.com. This podcast is not to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome tonight to the Therapy Unchained podcast. And um, I'm going to introduce you. My guest is Marion Jenkins, who's an educator and a bodybuilder. So I'm going to have you, again, talk a little bit about, for, for a moment, the class of bodybuilding that you do and the requirements. Okay. Well, I am actually an IFBB uh, bikini pro, and um, the requirements are you must have muscle. It's, it's actually the smallest of all the categories. So you should have good symmetry, muscle size to your shoulders, your waist, and X frame, but not so much muscle that you're striated. As you can see, that's where I am right now because I'm getting ready to, I've been dropping weight so that when I go on stage next week, um, I'm a little bit fuller. So I'm a little flat right now. I'm low on some carbs, but as tomorrow goes, they slowly build up. Yay. And I'll be a little bit happy. I'm happy, but I, this is, it's a little more difficult right now, but I don't feel too bad. I'm actually feeling pretty good tomorrow's Friday, so I'm kind of happy. So, um, bikini is the small, I'm sorry, my phone is on, but bikini is the smallest of the categories. Then it goes to figure, uh, wellness, physique, and then women's bodybuilding. And as they go up, you get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bikini is more like, it's almost pageantry. Like, and I never thought of myself as a pageant girl because I've always been an athlete. So it's a little different for me. So how did you make the shift from athlete to pageant girl? Wow, it's been really hard. I'm still shifting. Um, I still have a athletic walk, but I'm trying to learn how to swing my hips a little bit so that I walk like I'm more feminine and I I, ha, I am I feel feminine but my body just is still athletic and it still feels that way so positioning it sometimes is a lot more difficult than I thought so it takes practice I practice every night so this is the this is the series called who do you think you are so again kind of how is it how do you would you say your thoughts have shifted to again athlete to more pageantry, the thoughts. Well, my, I, I've actually, I've, I've, it's not even the thoughts. It's just my more my actions and the things I've, I've changed. Like I never wore makeup before. I wear makeup when I go out. I never wore makeup. I just went with whatever I had on, whatever it doesn't matter. Wearing earrings, making sure my hair was right. Now I'm into wigs. Um, and I never used to wear dresses. And now I love wearing dresses. And it's kind of, you just, it's like you're maturing slowly. And it's taken me a long time to get here. I, I didn't realize I was a, such a tomboy until maybe five or six, seven years ago. It didn't like click in my head. Now I get my nails done. I get pedicures, facials, massage. 
So you kind of find yourself, I think is what's happened. I think I've kind of found out who I really am. I'm still the athlete. It's still there. But there's a woman there that's on the outside that it just took some time for her to come out. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about your motivation um, for, for bodybuilding, because as we had talked in, in a previous podcast, this seems to be the go-to sport for women over 50. It really is. Um, I'm going to a master's competition next week. And I'm entering the 50 only category. And right now I know there's seven of us and there could be more that look equally as good as I do. If not, maybe better. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think what's happened is women have seen that I messed up when I was in my 20s. I didn't eat right, but I have an opportunity to change. And once they see the physical change, the mental change comes. It's like, wow, I can do this. I didn't know I could do this. This is amazing. Then once they see somebody and they see how they've changed, like, I wonder if I could do that. Of course you can. And once they try it, it's like you're hooked because you see the body composition change. And now you're taking time to take care of yourself. I think it's what it really boils down to. And I like the fact that you said the, once you kind of get in your head the that I can. I think I can. It starts with a, I think I can. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can. Okay. And then from there, okay, as you start to see the changes. And then it, it, you're just like, whoa, I didn't know. You look at pictures, progress pictures from one month to another month, and you see your shape changing, and you're like, whoa, how did I get there? But I think, too, as women, we are overly consumed with family, husbands, kids, um, home, And then we forget about ourselves. And that's what's happened is a lot of women now are realizing, wait, what about me? I forgot about me. Let me see what happens if I take care of me. And then that's where I think the mindset and the motivation comes from. Because, wow, I'm taking care of myself and I look pretty doggone good. That's a good point, though, because I think we do. I think we forget. We do. We forget about ourselves and we give and we give and we give. And somewhere along maybe 49, 48, 49, maybe the circle changes, the the, the people that were in the circle. um, Oh, yes. Different life circumstances. And so, yeah, you're sort of left with uh, now what? (laughs) Yeah. And then you're sometimes, I think, forced to try something new in that situation. You know, friends are... um, downsizing because their kids are gone away or they're moving to like one of my friends moved to Costa Rica. Her daughter graduated from high school, got her own place. Her and her husband moved to Costa Rica. They made that big life change to take care of themselves. So it doesn't necessarily have to be bodybuilding, but it could be just anything. And actually, I think another point that, um, Again, women in their in their fifties are gonna face. Sometimes, you know, we have health challenges. Health yes. challenges that require a drastic and immediate action, and you know, like losing weight. And then maybe you know, you start off with CrossFit or something, and then you find yourself kind of exploring other avenues. Yes. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, um, I've been friends with her for over thirty years. We were high school classmates, and we talk, you know, once a month at least. And um, her doctor told her that um, her cholesterol was too high. 
So she called me. She goes, the doctor said I need to lose 30 pounds. What do I need to do? And I think you've met her. She came and she rode bikes with us one time. Okay. Um, she's from Alaska. And she, the doctor gave her some ideas and she called me and she goes, should I start riding a bike? I said, I think that's a good start. I said, just go a couple miles and then every week add miles to it. Don't try to go fast. Just enjoy the experience. Now she's on her second bike. And she's lost 30 pounds. Wow. And it's been three years. <laughs> yeah. And then you find a group of people, like you said earlier, that have same values as you and they're motivating. And you're like, oh, Miss Tammy did 30 miles. I might want to do 20. You know, you may not say it out loud, but in your head you're thinking, oh, I can do 30. Cause she did 30. And then that continues the motivation. And then after they see I've done it, now the next person follows suit. And I just think it's being in that great circle of fabulous people that are doing things to, to grow and to change, to be better than where they were 20 years ago. Exactly, exactly. Let's, let's kind of switch up and talk about, we, um, I know in an earlier call, we had talked about your, the influencers that, that sort of made, helped you to get to the place that said, I think I can do that. Who were some of those women that you would give kudos or props to? Well, you know, what's crazy about this whole bodybuilding thing is I really wanted to do it in my 20s, but I didn't understand how hard it was. It's still hard, believe me. Today was hard when you're doing almost two hours of cardio and you only have 80 carbs and you've got kids all day long screaming in your face and you just want to go home and sit still um, because you don't want to expend any energy because it takes energy to move. But I wanted to do it in my 20s and I just was not committed enough to the diet. And back then the diet was always difficult. You know, chicken and broccoli and rice. And a lot of people still eat that way. Um, and I was for a couple of years until I discovered flexible dieting. Once I discovered flexible dieting, my life has just been, this last year and a half has been incredible because of the type of foods that I could have been eating and I just didn't know. And if I had known what I know today, when I was 25, I might have stuck to it. Gladys Portuguese, uh, Corey Everson, Carla Dunlap, those are the women of the 80s and the early 90s. Today, a lot of the women are younger. Angelica Teixeira, she's in her 30s. Ashley Kalswasser, those are some high-profile bikini pros that look fabulous. Um, I'm not in that category because they don't allow the master's pros to be there. So there's still some little politicking going on. But, you know, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to go to the master's show and try to do some things for the 50-year-old the women and motivate other women to be in the position I'm in today. Well, you represent well, uh, as people will see when they see um, your photo. And I'm um, going to have you talk a little bit, too, about your YouTube channel. But before we do that, let's go back to the flexible, the diet, and and, and you said the way that you're, you've learned to eat now, the flexible, you called it flexible diet? Flexible dieting. Yeah. What's, what's the difference between the way you used to eat and then the way you can eat now? Well, my coach, the, the few coaches I've had, they write down a plan. They say, eat only this. 
And my new coach, basically, he says, here are your numbers. As long as you stick to the numbers, eat, not eat what you want, but eat around that. Like, I can't just go off and have pizza and burgers and fries because it won't fit in the macros. Can I have a burger? I can make my own burger and not go to a burger place, but I can make it at home in a more healthy way. And that's what saved me. Like I had a turkey pepperoni pizza like two weeks ago, but I made it on Joseph's lavish bread as opposed to a regular pizza crust. There's less calories. I got to put turkey pepperoni on it. I had a little sauce, a little marinara, a little bit of fat-free cheese. So I'm still eating the same things, but more healthy way. And it's been really fun. And I think that's kind of what's changed my mindset because I'm actually having fun eating. You know, my friends and I are sharing recipes um, and trying different things. Did you try this with this? No, you got to try this. This is so much good. Oh, my goodness. So and that's really built a different kind of community where people are sharing recipes that are healthy for you. And it makes it more fun to try. Yeah, Because I would think the other way was probably much more isolating you know, you, it you know, is your chicken and your broccoli. Well, and it is. Even I went out last night with my friends, and they were eat, drinking wine and champagne, and they were eating um, burgers and fries and salmon and um, what else? A calamari. And I just had my plate of chicken with me. But that's only because these few days I'm in a depletion mode, so it's a little bit different right now because I'm a week away. But if I'm further away from a show, it's a, I'm more flexible. Right now, everything has to be um, consistent so that I don't have any problems, you know, um, with digestion or having to go to the bathroom or um, me breaking out. So everything is pretty level. So I just stick to the basics the last two weeks, which is pretty much chicken and rice cakes. And I'm a popcorn fanatic, so I eat popcorn every night. Every single night after we get off, popcorn. Okay. Now it doesn't have doesn't have flavor. I mean, it, I mean, I put um, olive oil spray, um, salt, and a little bit of Walden's Farm drizzled on there. So there's some chocolate in there. So it's not like I'm killing myself, but I'm not buying the flavored, you know, caramel or chocolate peanut butter or none of those. I have those, but not when I'm getting ready to compete. So there's a discipline that really is what I'm hearing. It really goes into the, the lifestyle because this is a lifestyle for you. This is not a passing phase, obviously. No, yeah, because it's been five years. Yeah. So the, the lifestyle is you just have to, I think you have to buy into it. And then you have to give it some time. A lot of people go from diet to diet. Oh, I'm going to try keto. Oh, it worked for a month, and I'm going to do it for 30 days, which you can't do because once you get off and you start going back to the regular foods you were eating, the weight comes on, your body goes back to the way it was. Because it's, I tell my students this all the time, your body is not stupid. It knows where it's supposed to be. You have to train it to do something. And if you don't train, it's like training a dog. If you don't train to go to the bathroom outside, it'll go to the bathroom all over the house. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically training yourself to eat differently, and it takes time. People think you can do it in a month, two months, three months. Four. Nah, 
this flexible dieting thing pretty much took me a whole year and I'm still not there. And I think that's the part, too, that people need to know when we talk about even the who do you think you are, that this was not a a quick process for you. Like you said, it, it took a year to get down uh, again of managing your, your, your thoughts even around why am I, the why of why am I even doing this? And those days when you probably really did want to have some popcorn with real chocolate and caramel on it. sugar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Think about it all the time, especially when I'm at the stage I'm at now and all my bodybuilding friends send me pictures of cookies. Oh. There's so many. Yes. All of us are in that stage where we want something else besides what we're eating. And so we send each other pictures of cookies. We buy each other treats to get ready for after the show. So it gets really, even last night, one of my friends gave me some treats from when she went to Dubai before COVID happened. And um, she brought, brought me some, had saved me some treats. And she gave them to me yesterday. She goes, I know you still can't eat them, but I'm going to give them to you anyway. And I'm not. I put them in the freezer. Once they're in the freezer, I forget about them pretty much. But if I leave them out or they're in eyesight, ooh, it's hard. So, again, when people see your picture, they, they will know that you're just like the rest of us. So it's not the, you know, and in terms of fighting with the, yeah, if I see the treats out, then I'm, I, but if I don't see the treats, I'll be okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, my, uh, my friend last week had um, like a, a cookie, a half a, a cookie. And um, she goes, I'm just going to take one bite and then I'm gonna, I'm not going to eat anymore. She goes, do you want a bite? I said, no, because if I have a bite, I'm going to want the whole thing. So I already know what my vices are. So you have to learn yourself so that you know what things can cause problems for you. You know, I love cookies. I love donuts. I like anything with sugar on it. And if I eat one bite, it's a wrap. I have to have the whole thing. And then I eat it till I feel like I'm almost sick then I'm over it. And then I won't eat it again for months. So that's why I just don't even eat it. She's like, you sure? No, <laughs> no, ma'am. Can't do it. How do you deal with self-doubt when it comes to even the walk in the walk, what it takes to be you? You know, again, what it takes to be you, the, the, the doubt, the self-doubt that comes in. Because I was thinking in terms of the, the, the putting on the bikini, the, the walking out on the on the stage, the, the posing, the self doubt. How do you deal with it? You know, I, there is some like uh, maybe two weeks ago after I got off stage, I felt really good on stage, and then I saw somebody else's posing, and I'm like, man, mine isn't as good as hers. How do I make mine good like hers? But the reality is, that's just her posing. And it comes down to practice. You have to practice and then you have to believe and then you have to see it happening. And that's the, really the hardest part is closing your eyes and seeing it happen because things come into your brain. Um, meditation has helped me a lot for the last three years, I think. I've, I've been doing a little bit of meditation. Um, I wake up every morning at 4 a.m. and I read my Bible. I listen to... Um, my gospel music, and I focus my brain because I know that there's only one person who could cause me grief, and that's myself. And I have to trust, if I don't trust myself, then nobody else can trust me. 
you know, people can't believe in what I say if I don't even trust myself. So I try to do that every single day. I put a scripture up on my stories every single day because it, it allows me to focus. And that's the first thing I do before I even get out of bed. Focus. By faith, not by sight. Yes, yes, yes. It makes a huge difference. How has how has this again the the person that you know yourself to be the, the how you manage your thought life how does that play out for you when it comes to even relationships and uh, the, the the ideal mate for you the, uh, like any kind of relationships like friends or uh, well uh, let's let's because I know I I talk to so many women that are looking for the the right partner. And sometimes, you know, when they, they struggle with knowing their own self-worth and value, and, you know, some will say, well, I, if I have to make myself smaller to make this person feel good or to make this person feel comfortable, and I'm just saying for you, because you put so much effort and energy and resources into being the person that you are. That's, you know, I'll tell you, it's been really hard. I'm going to say the dating scene has been really um, pretty, pretty quiet. Uh, since I started this process, uh, there's a lot of intimidation and people feel like I'm not approachable because I look a certain way. Um, and I talk to everybody. I'm not, I feel like I'm nice to everybody, but people say that I am unapproachable and I'm, I be trying to figure out what did I do? But I think people are just, I think it's more their situation than, than mine. But I try to I try to help it by being more open to other people so that they don't feel that I'm intimidating. Like my students see me as the goofy teacher, the one that clowns around. Oh, coach, you're taking another picture? Yes. If you don't want to be in a picture, get out. We're taking a picture today. You know, and they're like, oh my gosh, again. So they, they think I'm just the goofy person. But then when they see, they Google me, they see the things that I do, they're like, whoa, that's my teacher, whoa. But they trust me. And I have all boys that trust me. But then when it comes to relationship with having dating, I don't know if they trust me enough. You know, it's like I'm way over there and they're like going, I don't know. She's got that whole life over there. I don't want to get in the middle of it because it might make her upset. But I'm open to somebody supporting me, cheering for me. Because it's been a few years since I've had somebody cheer me on running, cycling, or even bodybuilding. I have lots of guy friends, and we're cool, but that's about it. And I'm actually wondering, I'm sitting here thinking, the, 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 the therapist in my head right now is thinking, yeah, um, so the kids see you. The kids see your heart. Yes. Yeah, they don't see anything else. Yep, they see, they see your heart. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. Um, let's talk about a, actually, how would maybe someone listening to us says, I want to, I want to do that. I want to get started. How would they, how would they start? The first thing I would say is start looking at your food. That's number one priority. Um, all the clients I have, I tell them to call me back in a week. Get my fitness pal and write down all your foods for a whole week. 
and then let's see where you're at. Because there are people who go to the gym every single day, year after year after year after year after year, and they look the same. So I always ask them, so why do you think that is? They're training hard because I see them. They train every day, but they look the same. Because nobody wants to eat differently because it's difficult. And it just make one small adjustment. If you're a soda drinker, okay, if you drink a soda every day, cut it down to three days. Because nobody said don't drink soda. We're just saying don't drink so much. Or go to diet soda. How about that? But people are like, no, I got to have my soda. And they're stuck in a rut that they've had for so long, they don't want to change. It's the same thing with people's mindsets. If you think one way and somebody brings up another mindset and they're like, nope, this is how it is, this is how I'm going to do it, and they're stuck there, you're never going to be able to convince them otherwise. And that's really the most difficult part is the food. You can enjoy it if once you learn how to make it work for you and your lifestyle. Because that's what flexible dieting is based on. It's based on you and how you live. Not how I live, but how you live and how you want to live. But once again, it still takes planning. It it still takes preparation. It still takes dedication. But even as at your job, don't you have to do all those things anyway? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to buy a house, don't you still have to commit to buying the house, you still got to plan to save the money. All those things apply. So why do we not apply it to taking care of ourselves beyond me? It's crazy. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking okay. about even, you know, women that are just stuck. I, I see a lot of women that are, they're, they're just, yeah, they're stuck. And, and what resonated with me just now is when you said even starting with one small change, it, because I could just see a ripple effect. Because I know for me, when I started cycling again, and I've, I've ridden bikes my whole life, but when I started cycling, like really cycling, and in and, and my mind... Because yeah, you're going at it. Yeah, yeah. My mind got to the place where, hey, you know, 30, 30 miles is like the standard. Like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Or, you know, um, and, and this, this in the next uh, couple of weeks, it's got to be a 60-miler. But, um, Ooh. Uh, yeah, for, for, for various reasons. But, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself. Are you going to do a century? I have not done a century. I think the most that I have done is um, 75, 75 miles. Well, I know with this whole COVID thing, there's no fun century rides because I've gone, I've done a century. Um, and I had the best time. I had the best time. Now, did I suffer? Yes, because 100 miles is a lot. In one day, absolutely. In one day, yeah. It took us, I think, six or seven hours. I'm not really sure. Something obnoxious like that. Yeah. But I met the best people. I enjoyed the scenery. We stopped. We ate. We talked. You know, we kind of... So there's more to it than just going, oh, I'm going to ride 100 miles. Now, there's some people who are crazy like that and just say... I'm riding 100 miles and I don't need anybody in my way. But if you do it as a fun and enjoyable, see, that's back to the same thing. Enjoying the opportunity as opposed to making it, um, I got to do it. I have to do it. It's something I must do. Okay, so you decide you want to do it. 
figure out how to get to it. And then once you get there, enjoy the journey. Because if you don't, you miss it. Take lots of pictures. Same thing we talk about for bodybuilding. When you're backstage, take pictures. When you're on the stage, make sure somebody's taking pictures. When you're getting ready, take pictures. When you After, when you're done, take pictures. So then when you look at it, you're going, oh my God, I had so much fun, but it was hard, but it was so much fun. It's like having a baby, which I've never experienced. But people say the labor is hard, but when you see the baby, the, the result and how you feel, you forget about all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's, it's, it's all about, I know for me at this point, well, not just this point in life, but I am big on the memories. Making, yes. making memories, making memories. And so yes. going down and enjoying the experience, even sometimes if it's not the best. And, and as we know, cycling can, depending on how hot and humid it is, can take a lot of Ooh. hope. But it, there's nothing like yeah. that feeling of, I did it. I did, yes. I did it, you know? And so yes. I want to talk a little bit about um, Black women in, in fitness, fitness and, and health. Because again, I think the ripple effect, it, it, it starts with that one thing. And if you can commit to that one thing, then so your thoughts. I think what's happened for us and we're slowly, I think we're slowly getting out of this mindset and my students and I talk a lot about this. When somebody says you're thick, that's just a cover up word for you're fat and out of shape because being thick doesn't mean anything. An I, I, urban dictionary just means somebody who's of large nature or something to that effect. But what does that even mean? It seems like it's more of a eye candy, eye appeal mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Because, yeah, I've often thought about that, too. Because the person who's been identified as, as, as thick. Um, yeah, you're right. Usually, if you were to... And again, most of the, the, the body scale, the BMI, body mass... Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily made for us. I mean, you know, true no. they weren't made for us. And so not that, because, yeah, we, we don't fit that. But at the no. same time, you know, I always talk to people about, about fit, whatever that fit is for you. And so in some cases, fit for some might look thick, you know, for some. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, but at the same time, though, I think some of the distorted body imagery that I you know, that we see, especially with young women that feel like they have to look a certain way, um, you know, again, to appeal to to somebody, you know, or, or to feel good about themselves, perhaps. But again, you know, how does that fall in line with with overall fitness? You know, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being. Because yeah. it's being fit is, is it's three-pronged. Well, really four, mental, physical, spiritual, and social. Yeah. Those four things have to be in play for you to be fit. So a lot of people don't understand that. If you're thinking that, oh, I wish I was skinnier, then you're never going to get to that fit stage because your mind is not there. If you're hiding your body, like I, so a lot of my kids hide behind sweatshirts and big shirts and pants and because they don't socially feel like they socially fit in. So there's those four things have to be well-rounded for you to be fit. And it doesn't matter what size really you are. It's about, it's back to the mindset. You have to be in that correct state so that you feel a certain way, no matter what you wear, what you put on, 
Um, one of the kids was taking a selfie and it took her like, I don't know how many tries. I said, girl, I take once. I might take five selfies. I don't edit it. I don't change the color. I just post it. She goes, you don't put a filter on it? I said, I like me. So why am I covering it up with something else? And she goes, oh, okay. She goes, well, I take my five, because I asked her why her picture was blurry. Why is it like blurry? She goes, I put a filter on it. I said, so you don't like the way you look? Is that what you're telling me? But then she did tell me later. She said, miss, this is the area right here I want to get rid of. How do I do that? I said, well, it's all about food. I said, I don't know what you're eating, but we can fix that if you want to fix it. But you're going to have to try it and be open to trying it. And then you tell me if it, you feel good about it. And then things will change. So she said she's going to try it. She's in my weightlifting class, so we're going to. I said, you and me will be partners. We'll be good. I said, we'll do it together. And I think people also need somebody to back them up yeah. and support their progress. Yeah. Even if they don't 100% agree to it. My friends are still on the fence with the bodybuilding thing. They've all come to see me um, on stage, but then they're, they're not 100% behind it. Why is that? Uh, I think some of it, I, if I were to really be truthful, I think some of it is a jealousy and their own personal issues about how they look. Okay, and I was going to say, I could see how that would bring out serious insecurities. Mm. I mean, if, if, if truth be told, I could see how that could bring out those insecurities of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't look like that, or, oh, I could never wear, I could never wear, you know, I, I, I could never wear a bikini like that. I could never wear. And again, it, go, it still goes back to the, the thought life because, mm -hmm. you know, who do you think you are in the sense that, yeah, I may not be able to, I may not wear that, that type of bikini, but hey, they got all kind of, you know, when, when you feel good in your head and you feel good about who you are. That's what I tell my, that's another thing I tell my students. I said, wear what makes you feel good. If you're over here pulling and tugging, you, you don't feel good and we can see it from a distance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you feel good in an outfit, you can walk and nothing will bother you. And even when I'm on stage, that's how I have to be. And I don't always get there. So in order for me to get there, practice posing, practice posing, practice posing, practice posing. And you've got to practice and do it over and over and over and over again so you get good at it. If you find an outfit and it looks good, but you're not 100% about put it back on the shelf. I, one of my friends and I, we were trying on clothes. I said, if I can't get into it comfortably, and I don't have that, and I have to fight to get it on. I can't, I, nope, because that's too much. It's too much work. So I got to find something that makes you feel good as soon as you put it on. And you'll know. And you know, we get stuck in the numbers. Oh, you know, I, I thought I could fit an eight or a 10, and yeah. you know, I had to go up to a 14. And so, oh, <laughs> you know, whatever. They, every size, every size is beautiful. It's just a matter of, finding the size that makes you look beautiful. If you're a 12 and you try to fit into a size eight, you're not gonna look very nice. And that's the battle we fight because we're looking for that number, that size, that thing that makes us feel like we're a certain way. And it not, has nothing to do with that because they change the sizes all the time.
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because they, they know that our mindset, if she thinks she's a size two, and then, because I can, th I can tell you, when I first started coaching, I wore a size six. Now I'm in like a negative zero. How did that even happen? I, I weigh almost the same. I'm maybe, right now I'm 10 pounds down, but normally through the year, I should still be wearing a six because I've always worn a six. But no, now I'm in like a negative zero. Wow. And it just, you're like, but I weighed this, I weigh the same. So I, what in the world? Well, again, it sounds like you, you know, you found, and, and as we are saying tonight, through, through fitness and through, you know, bodybuilding in this case, you've been able to reshape, re reshape your physique. Yes. So, yeah, so there is, there's less body fat, more muscle size. Actually, through the COVID situation, I actually gained two pounds of muscle because I was going hard in the paint in my garage, sweating my tail off every single day, trying to um, not scare myself with this situation. Because the first two weeks, I, I was a little panicked. Like, we're really not going to the store like, we're really not going to a restaurant? No way. Like, nobody's driving, nobody's going to work. Wait a minute. So I was a little panicked for two weeks, about two weeks. And then I had to get my mind right. And like, okay, how do I take advantage of this situation of being at home, not going to work? How do I make it work for me? And once I figured it out, it took me a little bit. Once I figured it out, mm -hmm. oh, I enjoyed it. And I'm like, now I got to go back to school? Oh. So now, now I'm trying to rediscover a new way to figure out how to make it work for me again. <laughs> so it's a, you're always in a constant learning process. If you think you've figured it all out, you're not learning anymore. And I, I feel like you should always be consistently learning, not just about you, but about life how to make yourself happy, how to enjoy experiences, because then that's where we get stuck in like, no, I've always done it this way. I, no, I can't do it this way, because this is how I've always done it. Exactly, exactly. So, which, which goes back to that mindset. I've, I've always been this way. This is how my family is, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, what's your, what's your COVID lesson? Um, that 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 lesson that or, or something maybe an insight or an awareness that you gained going through and i mean and we're still in it by so by all means. yeah by all means yeah I, I feel like we're there's a little light i mean it's real small but there's a little light but um i think for me i learned how to um take better care of myself i still was in that stage of helping so many people um, and I was slowly coming when I got into bodybuilding that started me moving that process. But I noticed in the COVID situation that it moved my process all the way to the front. If I'm not going to enjoy myself, then I'm not going to do it. And I realized if I wait on people to have fun, I'll never have fun. I've been going to, I mean, I go to the movies by myself all the time if I want to see something. And sometimes I just don't want to be bothered. But my biggest thing was I went to the drive-in twice by myself. And I thought, man, I don't know if I could do that. I'm going to sit in the back of my truck. Everybody's going to know I'm by myself. I said, but I want to see this movie. 
I'm going. Now, I sent it to all my friends, and nobody said anything. So I said, well, okay, I'm going to go. And then the next day, they're like, I can't believe you went to the movies. Why didn't you tell us? Okay. I mean, the same thing with cycling. I mean, I've been just getting up and riding by myself. Then I run into people I know. Then that makes it more fun. Then you can join the experience and enjoy the, the nature. And I've found that walking has given me peace. I get up in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays at 5. And I walk an hour before church. And I'm like, you know, I really like this. This is really good for my mind. So I've discovered a little bit more peace, a little bit more motivation, a little bit more relaxing time. And I'm, I am also doing a lot more sitting still as opposed to running around. That, I think, was the biggest lesson for, from COVID is how to enjoy the moment and not be going from one place to another place to another place to another place. And just sitting still and enjoying the experience. Yes, I would, I would definitely agree with you. I, I too have enjoyed the uh, solo rides. That's my time to, to commune and talk with God and listen. Yes. And work things out. I love it. Um, but yes, learning how to, how to be still. Right? And that's yes. something I know I've always been challenged, <laughs> been challenged with. But just learning how to be still. And uh, yeah, I'm liking it. But at the same time, I think too, um, you know, we're going to be going on almost five, six, seven months. And so it's starting to get, it's starting to wear. It's starting to wear. Yeah. I can see, I can see some wear, wear and tear starting. Um, well, you miss the, um, the relationships. Yes, yes. And um, as, as African-American people, we're built on relationships. That's a big factor of how we operate. Um, we love to go, I mean, I haven't had a Sunday dinner since March with my family. I mean, and there's 50 of us. Because we have an older, my older cousin is 95, and our dinners are based around him, and we're not going. So it's, like, really weird. And so third Sunday, I'm like, we're not going to dinner. You know, nobody's making me, you know, pecan pie or, or dump cake. You know, so you start thinking of all that stuff. You know, kids are going to college, and nobody can go into the dorms with them and just... You know, how do you say goodbye to somebody? I mean, I haven't traveled besides to Tampa and to the beach since last, since last year. And I think those are all the things, too, that are, are starting to, as we peel this thing back, starting to make it real. Um, I know typically I go home for my birthday every year and my family was like, no, no, we love you, but no, don't come. You can't come. Yeah, I know. You're like, what? Yeah, I was like, don't what? Come. Yeah, I had worked it out in my mind all kind of ways that I was going to come. And it was just like, uh, no, don't come. We love yeah. you, now. Don't come. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, as always, I have enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you are an inspiration. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. Well, I have a YouTube channel. I, I, that's something I started over COVID. Um, I had been talking about it for, I don't know, two, three years. And I finally started it. I couldn't believe it. Now I'm a couple weeks behind because I, I this will be my second show in a month. So, and then I'll be doing a third show um, September 19th. 
So pretty much in six weeks, I'll have done three shows. And so I haven't put any YouTube um, videos up. I think it's been like three weeks now. So I'm hoping that I can get my act together pretty soon and start filming again. But when I get close to a show, I don't um, show my physique um, on Instagram. I posted like some old pictures yesterday and a couple days ago. And you can't see me when I'm with my students. Number one, I'm wearing a shirt, like a big shirt. And um, there I'm usually behind one of them. So I've been, now that I'm a week out, I won't show my physique until I actually go on stage. For people that might be interested and would like to um, follow you, uh, what's your, how can they follow you to see your shows and to... Um, on Instagram, I'm Miriam Jenkins. So my first name with my last name, IFBB Pro. And that's on Instagram. And then on Facebook, my name is just, I just use my name. I haven't changed my name on Facebook because I don't know. And then um, the MPC, well, I'm sorry, the IFBB Pro League.com has all of our pictures from the past. All you have to do, and right now, too, you can Google my name and my pictures pop up from the new ones to the old ones. Welcome to Therapy Unchained, a podcast dedicated to empowerment, motivation, and to provide relevant content for individuals, couples, parents, and pre- and post-adoption families. I'm your host, Tammy Austin, a licensed mental health counselor in Central Florida. To find more information and to get resources, visit my website, therapyunchained.com. This podcast is not to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional.